Hello, 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 hello. This is Tom speaking. It is a sunshiny, crisp, cool Dunedin autumn day. Lovely. It's a lovely day. And I am stacking up some recordings from messages that I didn't get around to doing the last few weeks. We are in a series, or have just finished a series at Student Soul called The Dream Factory. And this message is part two of that, following on from the last week's, uh, three weeks ago session, which I literally just recorded one hour ago. Uh, that was called God's Birth and Dreams. And this is called This is a Place of Love. So, about this theme and why I chose it. Why that title, This is a Place of Love. One of the things I had in mind choosing this title is that I want us, Student Soul in particular, to be a church community that knows how to do relationships well relationships that are shaped by love relationships of encounter where we are unafraid of vulnerability because jesus is carrying us and holding us in the midst of the relationship which means we no longer need to be afraid we're in trustworthy hands when we put ourselves put our lives in Jesus. And so as we think and pray and share together now, wherever you're at listening, going about your your day, walking, commuting, lawn mowing, painting, those are the kind of things I do when I listen to audio podcasts. Um I trust that the Holy Spirit will definitely lead us a bit deeper, lead you a bit deeper. Um, with the goal that our communities of faith, our churches, our congregations, our fellowships can truly become places of love. And I pray that for you and the, the congregations and networks that you are a part of and I pray it particularly for Student Soul, a community which I'm blessed to pastor and be journeying with. I pray that Student Soul would truly be a place of love. So last week I spoke about how God is birthing dreams and this is the base of the promise that God loves us. And that we have this gift and invitation of relationship with God. All of the dreams and all of the new life that come, they all arise out of this. The best gift of all. Relationship with God. Now, you might have heard the word communion. It may or may not be something you're very familiar with. Communion, in a way, the word goes a step or 
three steps even further than what we usually mean when we say community. It's this deep intimacy. Communion also might be a word that does it does actually start to express some of what we mean when we think about true community. The kind of community where walls come down. The kind of community where there is sharing and openness and sacrificial love. That kind of community where we are drawn into a much deeper sense of purpose and meaning than we can conjure up on our own. I think communion starts to get at all of that and there is so much more that I'm tempted to sidestep into on that topic but really I just wanted to draw your attention to the word communion and I've done that so our communion with God is a love relationship that reorders us and frees us so that we can embrace the wildness of our own lives I'm going to say that again because it was a complicated sentence. Our communion with God is a love relationship. And that love relationship reorders us. That love relationship frees us. What does it free free us for? It frees us to embrace the wildness of our lives. And it is our own lives that are the material out of which God creates the pathways forward into the future. It is this place of relationship with God that is also the place of potential, of new life, and of love. And as we discover relationship with God, we also discover that relationships with one another are more possible than we realized We discover that the deepest desires of our hearts are actually so close to being fulfilled. When we enter the relationships that God makes possible to us, we enter communion. The place of right relationships is something like a shared willing openness to know And be known. This idea. To know. And to be known. Requires willing participants. It requires the vulnerability of self-disclosure. And the self-knowledge that's related to that. And it requires time. Direction process, journey, and speed. In other words, relationship is not a one-off event. In many ways, we, tr- we travel it into being. I can't help being very cheeky and silly and pointing out that that is why it's a ship. If it was just a relation, it would just be that. But it's got to go somewhere. It's got to move. So if you want to go somewhere, if you want to be known, and if you want to know, 
then you've got to get on the ship. Uh, thanks for bearing with me on that one. Okay, so I want to have a passing glance at theology right here. Theology means words about God, theo. God, ology, words. Words about God, God speak, God talk. And I want to show and point out some of the foundations upon which we're building. Because we're talking about relationships, Christian relationships, relationships within the Christian community, otherwise known as the church, the ecclesia. How we relate to one another in Christ. And so we are building on foundations and I want to show some of those links. So without going into it too deeply, really just quickly, here's three different theological ways to think about this. The first is that we can think about relationships from the point of view of the Trinity. This God who we worship is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three in one and one in three. So in the core of God's being is this relationality, and that matters to us because it is part of who we are. We are made in the image of God, male and female, made in the image of God. So the re relationality of God's life, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, points to this relationality of our shared lives. And so community is indivisibly bound up with what it is to be human. Next we can think about relationship from a Christological point of view. Putting Christ at the centre is what that means. Because it is Jesus who is the mediator, the one who shares our place, and it is through Jesus that we are saved by faith through grace. And so because of this sharing of our place that Jesus does, we become free. And this freedom that comes through Jesus is freedom for the new life of relationships with one another. Through Jesus, we become free for God and free for one another. And the third theological lens is that we can think about relationships from a pneumatological view. That is a geeky word for the theology of the Holy Spirit. Pneuma is Greek for breath or spirit. That's where pneuma pneumatology comes from. But all you need to know is that this is about the Holy Spirit. And this one matters to how we think about relationships because of this. The Holy Spirit is the love of the Father for the Son. And the Holy Spirit is the love of the Son for the Father. And it is this Holy Spirit who is our prize and down payment of the coming future, in whom we live and breathe and have our being. It is this Holy Spirit who is love itself, and through whom we are wrapped into this whole divine life of God. So the kind of relationships that arise from our abiding in God are relationships of true community where through Jesus we have 
become free for God and for one another, and which are marked by the Holy Spirit, who is love itself. I pray that we would all grow into relationships marked by these things. Okay, so to me this topic of relationships is so important. It it deals with the link and the combination of the very things that matter most to me. To me personally. On the one hand it is about the love of God. And the love of God has been the determining influence on my life. That's one reason why relationships, the theme of relationships is so rich to me. And also, it is about people. As far as I can tell, life is all about people. Life is all about people. So relationships as a theme covers it all. And for us, there is one core calling. We are called to love God and love one another. And in a very real sense, when the love of God so flourishes, then our mission is easy. It is simply the abundant overflow of love into the world. It flows out of the actual life we have within us. In that way, the church is then more like a fountain or a spring from which the love and life of God flow freely and deeply than anything else. A fountain, a spring, a place of love and a place of life. So here's how all this works. It's about our relationship with Jesus. Through Jesus Christ, we have entered into a love relationship with God. Because of that, we are free to incarnate the same caliber of relationship with one another within the Christian community. That doesn't mean that every relationship you have within the church is as intimate as that which you have with God. No. By no means. But it does mean that through Christ, the people of God have been freed to grow together into becoming a community where that intimacy and authenticity is modeled and demonstrated. It's about the growth of it. Christ is enabling us to grow. Christ has freed us to go deeper. Just as the invitation of Christ is to know and be known by God through the love of the Holy Spirit, we too are invited into a journey of growing reciprocal knowledge. To go deeper into relationship relies upon trust, upon listening, and upon learning to take the small risks of self-disclosure that love invites. There are risks in this, but with what I specifically am talking about here, these risks are never more than you are able to take. And they never take you out of actual safety, but 
there always remains a certain vulnerability about this. On the student soul session that I presented this message in, we had a full reading immediately prior to my, uh, to my, me, me speaking, a full reading of the gospel of John chapter 17, um, that laid the context for everything I've been saying and continue to say, um, if you'd like to check it out, feel free. Um, I highly recommend it. It's amazing. And this passage concludes four chapters of intimate time Jesus has talking with his disciples before his arrest. And this particular chapter is Jesus praying for his disciples. His prayer is that they would be one. His prayer in verse 21 is this. As you, Father, are in me, and I in you, may they also be in us. Do you notice? This is very intimate language. Firstly, that Jesus and the Father are in one another. And secondly, that this divine relationship is one that the disciples may also be in. This is a vision of the divine communion, which is the life of God, and it's part of a thick Trinitarian weave which is laid all throughout these farewell discourses. And this inness has a purpose and a direction. The reason Jesus is asking for this in his prayer is so that the world may believe that you sent me. So what we are talking about is about a fellowship, a community of people who are bound together by one soul-defining relationship. We are bound together into the life of God through Jesus. That is the one relationship that shapes us as a Christian community. And this relationship sets the baseline for the kind of relationships we share with one another. And in living these relationships out, we demonstrate the love of God to the world by showing what a different kind of community looks like. This different community of Jesus is marked by a different kind of relationships. And Jesus has immense love for this community of his. He loves us. And his desire in verse 26, as he concludes his prayer to his Father God, is that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. I want my people, my disciples, my community to have the same love within them as the love that you have loved me with, he prays to his Father, and may I also be in them.
and I'm honing into the board the end here, but I would be amiss not to at least mention that when we speak of love in this passage, I am speaking of a very particular kind of love. The New Testament almost exclusively uses the word agape as its word for love. And agape is different than eros. Agape is the love that gives away. The love that lets go of. The love that surrenders for the sake of the other. Agape is this giving love that is the continual movement of God's own life. The Father sharing life with the Son, sharing life with the Spirit. They are sharing life with one another in a mutual dance of surrender. It's so hard to get a head around because agape love, when practiced in true community, in relationships that are marked by the agape love of God, it doesn't run out. You're always giving, yet you never run dry. The Holy Spirit is abundant. There's no scarcity. And when we open up and receive and accept and enter into the generous grace gift of God, that is agape love, then we ourselves become conduits of the kind of love that never runs out, that never runs dry, that never fails, and that never ends. This is agape love. And it's different than every other love we've ever known. I'd like to invite you into a little prayer practice. I was trying to think of a way to anchor a lot of this uh, extremely metaphorical um kind of mysterious, uh, quite theological, um, some of this, all this talk into something that we could pray and, and practice. And so this is how it goes. It's just a three-step prayer, basically. Firstly, I invite you to close your eyes and hear Jesus speaking this word to you from John 20, 22. Receive the Holy Spirit. We'll do this again in a moment, but I'll just introduce it now. Receive the Holy Spirit. And then, in the second step from John 17, verse 17, pray this prayer as if it's your own. Sanctify me in your truth, Lord. Sanctify me in your truth. It's your prayer to God. And then I invite you to think of someone from within your, your faith community or the people within your faith community. One really good visual I have is I love the, uh, the event of communion and, and the worship life of the church. One of the things I love about it is uh, as people start filing forward and you see the whole congregation moving and people lining up and there's all this all this like movement in life and 
it seems really profound and I have a very strong picture of that right now and that's the kind of picture that might be helpful for you to pray this open-eyed prayer make us one in your love make us one in your love which is really just John 17 make us one in your love and you might want to look at look at somebody um or uh think of somebody or think of somebody's in your community and um as you look at them try to look at them through the lens of you have received the holy spirit the promised holy spirit uh you're being changed sanctified in the truth of god the love of god um, and it is through Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit that you now look at that person. You now look at that person through love. You now interact on that with that person or with those people solely on the basis of this one relationship, this one foundational relationship with God. Jesus is the mediator enabling that relationship enabling you to be a sister or brother in christ that is your foundation that is the connection the common point so that's me explaining those three things so let's practice that now hear the word of the lord receive the holy spirit and we pray together sanctify me in your truth O lord We pray for our families and our friends, our loved ones, our congregations, our communities, our cities, our nation, and our world. Lord, make us one in your love. Amen. Okay, so for us as a congregation, for those of us that are part of the Student Soul crew, and for you, wherever you're at, whatever uh, communities, congregations, so forth, you're part of, this is core. First, that God is birthing dreams, which means that God is in the business of bringing new life, streams in the wasteland, and the truest dreams of our hearts. The truest dream of our hearts is that which we find fulfilled. And that is that God loves us and God is with us. Hallelujah. So we discover that our identity is in this. That we are made to know and to be known. We are made to know God in fullness and in depth. And to be known by God. Which means open which means we are called to be receptive, to be willing, to be daring. And Jesus Christ has enabled us to be, to be free for this relationship with God. So in Jesus, we too become free for others to model the same relationship of love. 
which is why the Christian community, the church, and its many, many congregations around the world, every place where two or three are gathered in Jesus' name, we're all part of fulfilling and witnessing to God's mission in this world. Because you need a willing community to demonstrate what agape love looks like. And that's why for us, our dream and prayer and hope and longing is to be able to say about Student Soul and about any Christian congregations, networks, communities that we are part of now and on into the future, that this is a place of love. God, that is our prayer our hope and our longing that we can say this for our communities, our congregations, our churches, that this is a place of love. Jesus, we pray that you would help us to be aware of who we are, of our longings, our hopes and loves, and that you would help us to give you the free space and our full trust so that you would show us the way into true community and into true love. By the power of your spirit into the glory of God. Amen. So as you go about your business, uh, I wonder what you have heard today. I wonder what it might mean for you and your relationships. I wonder where you've sensed God's invitation. And as you go, I'd like to um, bless you. Deep peace of the flowing air to you deep peace of the quiet earth to you deep peace of the sleeping stones to you deep peace of the stars to you deep peace of the sun of peace to you amen go well have a good day see you next time <laughs>